0: Second Timothy 1, 1 through 12, and then pay attention especially to verse 7, kind of right in the middle there, because that's where the promise is. This is God's holy and infallible word. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, And Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord, or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. That's our scripture reading this morning. Verse 7 is the promise. Verses 6 and 7 are going to be our special focus, but we're going to keep all the verses in mind. God has given us a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And let's be clear off the bat that though this is spirit, little s in our Bibles here, these gifts are from the Holy Spirit, capital S. We're dipping into 2 Timothy here for just one sermon with this promise. This is the second letter in the Bible that Paul wrote to a younger pastor. Paul calls Timothy his son in our verse And it's son in the sense that he was Timothy's mentor. Paul talks about his suffering in our verses. We know Paul is writing this letter while imprisoned in a dungeon for his faith. And his death is just around the corner. So when he mentions in verse 10 that Jesus has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel... Those would not have been empty words for Paul. He was looking death in the face. Especially verse six helps us understand the promise in verse seven. Paul says to Timothy, I remind you to fan. I'm gonna do that this morning. I'm gonna remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. And this is a reminder and calling. For all of God's children to fan the flame of God's gift. The gift of God includes salvation, the promise of life that we have that's in Jesus from verse 1. And we know that big gift of salvation comes with all sorts of other gifts in our lives. The Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, abundant life the inheritance that is ours in Jesus because we're adopted sons and daughters. When Paul says to fan into flame his gift, he's referring especially to Timothy's ordination as a minister in the church. That's why he talks about the laying of hands, and we still do that today when ministers are ordained. But we can think about all those other gifts that all Christians have too as we think about fanning to flame the gift. It's talking about the blessings that we have in our lives in Jesus and this verse reminds us that our flame can grow cold, right? It can be low. Sometimes it can feel like our Christian life is like a a piece of gray charcoal barely glowing. Anymore. There's no flame there at all. Anybody experience what I'm talking about? Anyone ever feel spiritually dull? The excitement isn't there that you've had sometimes? Maybe you're feeling that way today. Maybe you felt that way for a while. Joe Stowell talks about. A unique game in the ancient Greek Olympics. It was one I wasn't aware of, where the winner was not necessarily the one who finished first, but the winner was the one who finished with their torch still lit, they had to run keeping that torch lit at all costs. Well, believers want to finish with their torch lit, right? We want to finish well, and even beyond finishing well, we want to be on fire for the Lord throughout our lives. You know, we know what God told the angel of the church at Laodicea to write in Revelation. Because you are lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out. We know God doesn't want us to be lukewarm. We know what Paul says in Romans 12, 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. And that's a call for a white hot flame, not a mere glowing ember of faith. But we don't always have that. We don't always live in that moment of the high flame. Timothy This young pastor even didn't always have it. There are all kinds of reasons that that might be for us in our lives. For Timothy, we know some of the stuff in his life that could have dampened his spiritual fervor. We know Timothy was often sick. In the first letter to Timothy, Paul refers to this young pastor's frequent illnesses, and he recommends that he drink a little wine to help his stomach. I I didn't know that 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 helped, but Paul must have known what he was talking about. And health problems, we, we know that, health problems that this young pastor had, they can bring you down. They can weigh on you, just sap the joy and energy out of life, and as some of you know what that's about, I consider myself a very healthy person, generally, except for that brain tumor four years ago, little exception. The surgery recovery, the medications I was on wore me down, and then I was on chemotherapy once. One week out of the month for a couple years, my energy would get sapped. In a lot of ways, I felt very close to the Lord during that time, closer than many other times in in my life. But there are also times, just because of it all, that my spiritual fervor was low. I'm just so thankful to God that I only experienced that for a couple of years. Others have lifelong unhealthiness, or have a loved one who does, and that that can wear down the person who's sick. It can wear down a caregiver. We know that. We also know from Scripture that Timothy's personality was such that he was naturally timid. Um, that's highlighted in verse seven. God has not given us the spirit of timidity. He was talking especially to Timothy. Uh, 1 Corinthians 16.10, we see a picture of that too. Um, timidity, it means fear, cowardice. He, he was a little fearful to kind of stand up and say what need to, needed to be said. And sometimes when, when people were, were after him, he, he kind of coward. You know, do not be afraid is all over the Bible. And it tells us that fear is a common problem for God's children. And fear can dampen our enthusiasm for the Lord, can make that flame just go to a flicker. Fear about tomorrow, fear about your finances, fear about the safety of your loved ones or something related to people dear to you. Being afraid, and Timothy had that. It was his personality to be fearful. That can make the flame low. Another reason Timothy's flame could have been low was because we know there was a group opposing Pastor Timothy in the church. You can read about it in in the letters to Timothy. We won't get into it now. But problems in the church, of course, can take the energy and joy out of anybody, out of a pastor, certainly. In fact, um, we're we're part of the Christian Reformed Church in North America. Our denomination's leadership is concerned about the amount of churches. You know, we've got about a thousand churches uh, throughout Canada and the United States. They've been really concerned about the amount of churches and pastors that have had to separate because of issues or problems in the church in recent years. And, and of course, any believer can have opposition or people problems that don't go away in our lives, and that stuff with people. Well, that can be very discouraging. On top of all that, in Timothy's day, believers were being persecuted, put to death by the state. This was the time of Emperor Nero, and Nero was especially vicious. So there was that outside stress too. You know, and Christians today, we're wondering about those increasing pressures that may be coming from our government, from from people that want to label us intolerant, extremist. And it can be enough to to dampen the fire of our faith. And, you know, we we can identify with these issues that Timothy experienced. There are a lot of other things that could make our our flame glow. You know, one, one of the top things that comes to my mind that a lot of people struggle with is depression. Depression. The great preacher Charles Spurgeon Suffered from recurring severe depression throughout his entire life in ministry. And yet we can see in the riches of his sermons and prayers that despite the odds, his spiritual flame stayed high and stayed hot. And yours can too. Yours can too, and so can mine. It's important to realize that though sometimes we can feel a little dull spiritually, we can feel cold, lukewarm. If you've got God's gift, you're still God's child, and you always will be, no matter how you feel. John Calvin said that even a weak faith, in the time when our, our flame is low, our, our, our faith can feel weak, even weak faith is true faith. You know, we sometimes, when we're in a bad place, maybe we see people who are strong in the faith and passionate on fire for God, and we can feel, oh man, why am I more like Eeyore sometimes? But then you've got to know that your flame being low doesn't mean God has let you go. You're still his God says that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Paul talks here about being convinced that what has been entrusted to the Lord, his heart will be kept and guarded to the very end, to the the last day. But it's also important with that assurance to realize that We shouldn't just leave it be that way. We're called to fan the flame. And we can fan the flame. It's possible to blow on those glowing embers and get the flame higher. And it's our calling, it's our responsibility to tend to the flame. God saves us. It's his 100% work. But the work of sanctification Living day by day for Jesus calls us to be engaged, to respond to God's gift in our hearts, to make use of and to exercise the gifts of salvation in us. I remind you to tend to the flame. I remind you to fan the flame, says God's word to Timothy and to each one of us this morning. But how do we do that exactly? Get on fire for the Lord. No doubt there are a number of ways, but I want to highlight what I strongly believe is the main way. I really like what one particular pastor says as he looks at this text. We fan the flame, especially through God's word. Paul says in 2 verse 1 of this book, My son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So we can be strong in God's grace. That grace comes especially through God's word. Let me share what this one pastor says. Every single letter of Paul's starts with saying, Grace to you. And every single one of his letters ends with grace be with you. So there must be something important about that to Paul. Grace to you at the beginning, grace with you at the end. Why that way? Why that pattern? I like the suggestion that it has to do with the word of God. Paul says to those he's writing, to us too, Grace to you. And then he writes the words of the letter, which we know are the inspired word of God. So the grace to Timothy comes through these words and through God's word to us today. And grace with you as Paul closes the letter, that these words, God's word, would go with us as we go on our way. Talking about the priority of God's word, Think about the most important verse in the Bible, really, about God's word is in this letter. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we fan the flame, especially through the word of God. As we read God's word ourselves day by day, as we have our devotions personally or with our family, as we discuss God's word in our small group or in a Bible study, in worship where we hear God's word read and proclaimed, and then you think too, where else do we hear grace to you at the beginning all the time and grace with you at the end? Every single worship service. When we're in God's word diligently throughout the week, in worship with God's people just as often as we can be, our flames will burn bright. Good Christian books, music, service opportunities, time with good family, being in God's creation, conferences, all sorts of good and wonderful things. But if you want to really fan the flame, it's about God's grace in the Word. That's what makes the person of God thoroughly equipped for every good work. So if you feel a spiritual coolness, I'd start with questions like, how have I been doing in terms of being in God's word lately. How often have I been in worship with God's people lately? As a church here at Faith, we believe firmly in the power and the priority of God's word. We believe God breathes on our cold embers by his Holy Spirit through his word so that our flames can burn bright and hot. Our prayer as a church is grace to you through the word as you come into each and every worship service here and grace with you as you go out into your week, into the world with his word in your heart. And then verse seven contains the promise for those who fan the flame. God gives his people not a spirit of timidity or fear, but a power, love, self-discipline. What are these about? What does this mean to you? A spirit of power, Power for what? Well, especially verse 8, the next verse helps us understand. Do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord. Join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. So we receive the power of God to testify and to suffer for Jesus' sake. For Timothy the pastor, it meant especially to preach openly, even though he might expect persecution, be thrown in prison, just like Paul. He tended to be timid, fearful, but a gift of the Spirit of God is the power for God's children to be strong. And this is a gift that's a promise for all of us who fan the flame. We'll have the strength to speak openly about the Lord, we'll be courageous enough to suffer even for the Lord, if, if that's the result. Of us speaking for him. Just this past week in our elders' meeting, we discussed uh, the need that we likely have to update our church bylaws to include a section that is very clear about our strong belief that marriage is between one man and one woman, that that's the definition of marriage. It seems that's necessary these days because we could have people coming after us as a church since we have biblical values that more and more contradict the values of our culture. As believers, we need to be prepared for a time where testifying to Jesus and his word could have very bad consequences. And our tendency could very well be fear, like a soldier who goes out on that battlefield, he needs to fight, but but runs away because he's scared. But thankfully, God gives his church a spirit of power to do God's mission in the world, to testify. And that spirit of power is for each one of us as we live day by day, called to testify to Jesus where we are, come what may. We receive the spirit of love. We love God, brothers and sisters and Jesus, those outside the church Love is at the heart of what it means to be a believer. A love for the lost, those in need, a love for everyone who comes through those doors, a love for those in the community around us, caring for each other in the church. One more thing about that elders meeting this past week. This was the second elders meeting of a new term that started in June and I was reflecting on that meeting uh, the next day with one of our elders, and as we reflected, this, this elder, and I too, I was just amazed at the love for people that our elders have. We talked together about our care for the church, how to encourage people to grow spiritually, Friends, you've got to know that your elders have a deep, deep love for this church and a deep, deep love for you. I hope you realize it. I hope you can feel that. We've not been given a spirit of timidity, but of love, and that means to me, let's go for it with the love. Why hold back ever? God's love Is the major way that his love comes to others in this world? It's through us as people loving. So, why wouldn't we go for it? Let's show the love. Let's be warm and inviting and welcoming. Bring people into this loving community. Go out in loving service. We do all of those things. Let's do it with a passion. Let's do it more and more. God has given us a spirit of love so that we can demonstrate his love. And then we also receive the spirit of self-discipline. That means a person with a balanced life, someone who's got their life under control. We could call it a spirit of self-control. And this is about God putting in our hearts a desire for us to work on our hearts and lives spiritually, to grow. Human tendency is to judge others as we look out, but God calls us to give grace to others and then tend to our own garden, spiritually speaking, not others. Believers know what verse 9 says. We're called to a holy life. We care about our spiritual growth. These three gifts are things we work on, but remember as you do, you have them already. God will certainly graciously give us all his gifts and great promises as we fan the flame in our lives. So remember to fan. The flame. Would you? Especially by receiving God's grace through the Word. And as you do, receive the promises of God that He pours out on all His children. Amen.